if Tops wants to move to more of an online product offering, they need to double, if not triple, their customer service department. Because that it's not sustainable. Like they're good, their volume is just going to increase. Well, and we've seen it with Project Twenty Twenty, right? They're hundred thousand carts. They're going to get four or five times the volume of customer service inquiries. Like it, they, they really need to be enough. So that's why I'm hoping Tops, Upper Deck, and Panini are listening to this and understand it. If you're going to move that way, you need to be your customer service. Yeah, that, and Jeremy piggybacking off what he said, he made a great point. We are in a pandemic. That's a game change. That's a game changer. But on the same side, there's two sides of that coin. I think some of the companies, whoever, whoever you want to tag them as, are also using that sort of as a crutch. Hey, like you said, some of that was happening pre-pandemic too. And then when you know, hopefully when we're on the other side of COVID nineteen, and that's not an excuse anymore. They're definitely going to have to uh, improve in those departments. And yeah, I, I know I'm guilty of saying this myself too, James, is especially on the grading uh, front. I'll just hire more graders. Right, yeah, that's, hire, yeah. I think people, companies, and again, I don't want to speak for them. It's just my opinion that yes, they could have businesses good right now in the hobby. Uh, they could hire more people. I think they're thinking past that. What if we do have a slowdown or a market correction or business dies down a little bit? And then we have to in turn let we have too much staff. And so I think they're thinking even past today, yeah. maybe that influences hiring decisions. And, yeah. and I'd like to see more people hired. It's good for the economy, get yeah. people uh, to work. So I'm not opposed to that. I'm just putting myself in their position and, and maybe why that doesn't uh, occur necessarily. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and that's why they've got to start thinking outside the box, like, yeah. like a contractor kind of scenario. James, like you're saying, bring in temporary help. And then, John, you're concerned about if there is a dip or the, the industry doesn't hold these levels, then there's no problem. Uh, with, you don't have to you don't have to lay people off. You're just ending contracts, which is a lot easier yeah. to do. You're using temporary staff. So that, that could be a, an option. On the customer service, which I wanted to talk to, speak to, is that I come at it as an entrepreneur. And basically, all customers want customer service to be maximized. But the the boss, the owner, the the company doesn't want to maximize customer service. They want to optimize customer service. If Tops or Panini or Upper Deck had 10-second waiting times instead of 90-minute waiting times, it would encourage a lot more calls, not all of which are necessary or productive. And so by having long wait times, yes, they are discouraging people from even calling. If the wait times were less, more people would call. Maybe they don't want that. And maybe that's a rational response. Some of the, I know we had maybe, we had more than 10 people in customer service at the peak of our company and we were taking calls all the time, but because they're so ready and available, we got lots of calls and not all the calls were productive to our business or certainly not adding to the bottom line. Some were, we, we tried to upsell them sometimes, but like I said, don't be thinking that, that the best customer service is instant customer service because Sometimes that can be very unprofitable and encourage bad habits in your customers. Tops would be the, if they were 10 second waiting time, you'd be calling up for everything. You're, it's a very good perspective, Jim. But 90 minutes is outrageous. Yeah. But the, the only thing I will say to that, and this is something that I don't know who said it to me years ago, is I think companies have to understand who their competition is or, or perceived competition is. Okay. So what I mean by that is I look at Disney as the perfect example, okay? And we all know Disney has the ultimate customer experience, guest experience, okay? And anybody that has had an interaction with the Disney company, either in their parks or their stores, they're going to see, they're going to say, hey, this was a great experience. This is, uh, this is the best customer experience I've ever had. 
Not when they go to start to deal with really any company, their expectation is that high now. And I think that's what companies have to realize is that Tops is not just competing with Panini and Upper Deck in terms of cards, but when it comes to customer service, they are competing with Disney. They are competing with airlines. They're competing with hotels. And I think that kind of thought process has to happen with all companies. Like I know my own bank years ago, they had a whole swath of executives go and do training with Disney about customer experience or customer service, because they realized at that point, yeah, we're competing with these guys in turn before customer service. So we've got to step up our game. Yeah, absolutely. James, again, in the maximal view of competition, the hobby is competing with everything for the attention and dollars yeah. of the North American public. In the narrow sense, the, the it's not the card companies as much as it's the licensors. It's the yeah. when they say we've got one licensee, you know, for baseball or football or basketball or hockey, then that narrow there is no race between yeah. the competitors. It's yeah. one, and so if customer service, like I said, so they're optimizing their customer service to not make it great. They apparently yeah. feel that making it great is not cost effective for them. Not and, and, and I understand that, right? Sorry, but just in. Yeah. Jim, you said that the hobby's competing with all these other industries, and it's true, and it's winning. The hobby's winning right now. And because it's winning, it's putting this unforeseen pressure on all the resources in the hobby, all the, the commercial indus, uh, entities in the hobby. So it's, it's widespread, right? It's not just ComC, it's not just Upper Deck Tops, Panini, it's the grading companies. It's, it's, exactly. yeah. it's even the U.S. Postal Service and, and, the, and the Canadian Postal Service. It's, it's every single uh, player in the eBay. hobby. I mean, the secondary market, right? eBay, I, I, I think I heard someone say not too long ago that cards have, the, the card portion of eBay is has grown and is one of the larger portions of the eBay market. Right? The biggest category, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, here's a radical thought. If you were in an industry, in a, in a business, that had customers that had all kinds of new customers coming all the time, and you said, we can't handle all these customers, but wow, this is great. Wouldn't it be great to just get rid of the customers that are complainers? <laughs> so you're not going to answer their calls. I'm being facetious. They've got more customers than they know what to do with it. And and when the customers that are, not, as John has pointed out, that there's some people that come into the hobby that don't know what they're doing. If they ask a bunch of questions to the wrong people, they're discouraged. Like, we don't need you. If you're going to ask a lot of questions, we're not going to answer your call. I'm being facetious, but there's some point to that. The hobby is so strong that just tough it out. You know, just, I come back to my comment that I made earlier that these companies need to, they need to shift their thinking, right? Like Tops, Upper Deck, Panini, eBay, PSA, they all need to start changing their thought process and how they run their companies. To your point, Mr. Beckett, is that there's all these new customers that are coming in. There's new, all these new collectors that are coming in that have completely set a different set of expectations. And they're and, helping and, them to see that these expectations on customer service need to be low. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, but again, I come back to here's an opportunity for these companies to evolve. He nails it right there. This It's business, guys. Like the, It's business. These companies have shareholders and owners and, and other stakeholders, like Jim said earlier. They're optimizing customer services, exactly what, what they should be doing for their bottom line. Uh, I think we're a finicky customer base, and that, that's okay. We, we're putting big money into this stuff, so we've bought the right to be finicky to some extent, but... Yeah. I completely hear what Jim says about those guys. Again, we had an extensive customer service. Do you know how many of the customer service we called uh, that, that called us were yes or no questions? Zero oh. percent. Okay. Yeah. They all want to discuss something. They wanted to tell us how to do our business. It was an extended call. And the training for that, you, you've got to be polite, 
but it takes a long time and it's hard to train because they're coming up with these scenarios that, that sound good to them, but won't, wouldn't work for our company. And again, I'm ancient history now, but again, my guess is these customer service calls are rarely a 15 second interaction. They're at least a couple of minutes. Yeah. Tell well, me you is, never got, tell, tell me you never got this call or customer service. I just got this call, Dr. Beckett. I want to speak to Dr. Beckett right now. Put him on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, John, for giving me that you know, uh, memory. <laughs> Dr. Beckett, you raise a good point. These phone calls are 15 seconds. But then the question is, are Tops, Upper Deck, Panini, are they looking at are they looking at those statistics? Are they looking to see how long they're taking phone calls for? Are they looking at how long someone's being on hold? Are they looking at someone that, uh, how long is a phone call taking? And that <coughs> right there, looking at those statistics will help them optimize customer service yeah. and, uh, and hopefully improve their customer service. In a perfect world, I agree. I just, like yeah. I said, they're making mu- so much money now that, that I think that's not one of the th- that's not one of their key performance indicators. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we all think we, we we should and we deserve the customer service. We have to be realistic and understand that we may just not get it. So that now it's up to you to speak with your wallet.